in all the companies that I've been. They were the most revered CEOs from yeah. the outside. From the inside, people are like, this guy doesn't get it, or he's like this, or he's like that. If 80% of people like you, and 20% think you're a piece of shit, you're doing great. Yes. And that is really important to understand. You can't please everybody, and you shouldn't. Hi, I am Sophie Vaux, and this is the Rise and Play podcast. In the show, I sit down with influential thought leaders of the gaming industry to deconstruct how they create the best team and company cultures in order to create the best games. Every episode brings actionable insight to improve your leadership, self-awareness, and emotional management skills. Because becoming a better leader starts with becoming a better human. So, are you ready to unlock your full potential in life and business? Let's begin. Don't just see the future, know the future with today's sponsor, Sourceten. I've talked before about how Sourceten is a necessary tool to compete in gaming these days. In short, Sourceten empowers studios to build human-centric experiences by unlocking deep, psychological understanding of your most valuable audiences. At a time when we needed to know what our players would respond to, my team and I use Sourceten and the product Navigator to identify key psychological insights across our audience for Plantopia. This prompted us to reshape our FTOE, for example, promoting a stronger sense of productivity earlier on in the game. And this aligned with the audience's desire for empowerment and accomplishment, resulting in higher FTOE completion rates and longer sessions. Source and Player Intelligence Platform enables Studio to unlock the full potential of their games and minimize risk across every stage of the development cycle. Visit go.sourcen.io that you can find in the show notes for a demo. Mention Rise and Play and receive a free feature, theme, and art style study included with your Navigator purchase, a $20,000 value. Learn why EA, Supercell, Wooga, and more use Sourcetend to create the best human-centric gaming experiences possible. All right. Welcome, 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 everybody, to Rise and Play podcast. I'm your guest host, Mission <laughs> Katkov. As always, my guest is Sophie Vo. Hey. <laughs> the owner of Rise and Play, the founder of Rise and Play. We're here in our Berlin studio, Savage Game Studios. Sophie, what have you planned for today? So today I wanted to cover the topic of how to be yourself as a leader, like really yourself. Often in, in career where you, you take the responsibility, you take the role, and then you want to be yourself and you see the limit of being yourself, which is not serving always the role, and we will get into that. What I find always interesting when you want to understand yourself is understanding a bit where you come from and why. And I reflect often personally as well on my early years of career, where I, I give an example here where it was very tough. I had to present authority by my behavior because uh, neither by my experience or by my look, you know, I'm mm -hmm. a small person. I don't even know if by my ethnicity, I felt like I needed to prove something. So I was overcompensating in the way I would behave. And I had to create kind of this persona in my early years of career of high oh. performer, being a bit operative, firm, you know, like tough. And that was not really me, but it was not conscious at the time. And that was the right thing to do for me to establish credibility and uh, respect. Of course, a structure of hierarchy. So I'm curious how you started your career, your early years, even before you built your own studio or startup. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting and, and a good question. So my leadership experience, I hate the part of like every time I start talking about like my first leadership experience comes from military. First a squad leader, then a platoon commander. Platoon is 30 men. 
uh, with armored vehicles and whatnot. So it's you know, 30 people is like a little studio. So in that sense, it gives a first experience. And then a lot of mistakes were made during that period. But what I'm trying to say is like, that was my first experience. And what I learned from there is like, yes, there was this sort of a thing where you can put in authority and in army, it's even easier because your rank shows mm. that you're higher than, than somebody who's below you. And the, the rule is that they have to obey to your commands. Like, of course, you have to give context, you have to be good. There's, but there's a great difference between good leaders and bad leaders. And there, what I, what I learned was, number one, I can't keep up an appearance. Like, I can't, I can't do that role. Like, I tried. I tried to be, like, the military guy, like, the clean cut, but I'm not. I'm, I'm a chatty cat. I like to joke around. And so that already started kind of like bleeding out of it. So I, I, I understood that I can't have this imposter of, of somebody else. I have to be me. And then I also learned to look up to a lot of leaders. And the leaders that I first looked up to was for like those uh, squared ones, you know what I mean? Who were like the, the lieutenants and the mm -hmm. captains that were, that were very like, you know, like, oh, that's a perfect military guy. Like, exactly how you could imagine. And then I would kind of like start switching my like, no, actually you're more like this captain over there that who are, who are more personable, who are, who have a persona, but they still can command because they, they, you know, give great context. They're very approachable and they show a great example. Uh, and so I started mimicking my way towards something that I can actually upkeep. And that was like on the high level, my biggest learning is like, I can't keep up a persona. I can be a different person in different stages. As you have noticed, I'm always the same. And that comes with the, with the good and bad. Like what you see is what you get. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm always the same, uh, no matter who I'm talking to. And that has become a problem. Uh, and it has a pr become a problem over the time. So that worked really well when transitioning from my beginning of a product role to kind of like how to influence inside of a team as a product manager with nobody who reports to you, but you're influencing people who are a bit lower. Again, that ability to be personable, that work ethic that you can show that those, those were kind of like my first qualities, not even leadership as a team member. And then I started moving, you know, from, from product, product position to game leadership position to studio leadership position. And I think it was all up until the role at Rovio where I was leading a studio with multiple teams where the limitations of being yourself truly hit me. Before that, when you're a team leader, being yourself is great. Because like you're a part of a team, mm. he's our team lead, but we're kind of like all together, we're one team. But once you start scaling it to multiple teams, and especially working with people who you haven't worked before, you can't really replicate that same personable uh, yourself experience. And what will start happening is people will take snippets of you and formulate the rest of the picture. Mm -hmm. And and you will be painted in a, in a very uh, weird way. And at that point, you have to start managing what is the picture that is being made of you because you can't give the same amount of time, you can't give all the nuances to, mm -hmm. to these people. And and that sets the limitations of how, who, you know, whether you can be yourself and who is yourself as a leader of a larger group. And at that point, you have to start managing it. And at that point, you really have to get a perspective on yourself because people will paint a picture of you that is not you. Yeah, very interesting uh, points. I would like to uh, take a pause on mm -hmm. to uh, reflect, especially we were together at the same time at mm -hmm. Rovio. And maybe I, I can relate to the part like I probably painted a picture of you 
uh, was based on some snippets and even like snippets that people talk about mm -hmm. you, right? People will start to draw a picture of you based on your title. How much were you aware of those snippets or those, how others could perceive you? How much were you aware of this discrepancy? Mm -hmm. And what were you doing about it? Did you care, even care about it at all? I'm really curious how, like, how, how it felt for you because I was observing it mm -hmm. from outside. And I did not know, of course, what was happening, but uh, I can understand a bit more some nuances of it today, knowing you. Yeah. No, I, I like me today is very different already mm -hmm. from me in, in Rovio. Like that wasn't a, that was a great learning experience. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so you either win or you learn. The biggest issues that I had in my style of leadership, I was a very independent thinker. So I didn't involve others that much. I was just like, let me set strategies and so mm -hmm. forth. And then we could just start banging against those. Mm -hmm. And that was like, this is something that I worked with an executive coach back then. And, and a lot of my issues came from is because I was, I was two things. First of all, not being not inclusive with my work. And that really limits how much buy-in you can have and so forth. And secondly, having too many different conversations with too many people where that set up a perception that I have hidden agendas and so forth. So mm. like the biggest influences that I learned from there, and especially in my leadership style is like being very inclusive in decision-making. Like sometimes you even say like, I don't make enough decisions mm -hmm. because that might be true. But again, it's like, you have to understand the continuum of, of like, I was making all the decisions to now yeah. like, let me listen to everybody before, you know, we start formulating and then aligning everybody. And the second thing is like, the communication has been the difficult one is it because now I'm trying to communicate as I tried to do be very open in communication and in the beginning of Savage and that backfired in the sense that it creates too much stress to people that can't handle information. But the learnings and the kind of like from Rovio to the Savage has been, first of all, being very much inclusive with decision making with the team member, not with everybody, with the, with the team I'm working with. So in this case, management team. And the second one is being very, very deliberate and something that I'm working being is very, very slow in the communication. Like, for example, we'll be working on product strategy and I've been rolling it out so slowly that I'd be like, is this still happening? <laughs> but it's actually the correct speed to, yeah. in my experience, because like it will never end. It's like a slow wave hitting against the walls mm. and then people kind of understanding and so forth. It could be a little bit faster. But anyways, like my, my problems were too fast in communication, too independent in making decisions. Mm -hmm and too quickly because I was thinking independently and communicating independently, I might switch what I was talking about. And they, that gave the feeling of, to people that everything is up in the air, even though I was talking hypothetically or just mentioning some things and people were like, oh, we're going to a new direction. It's like, no. So, <laughs> so, so that, that is kind of like something that I'm still working on is, as you put it, it's the layers of communication, the layer one, layer two, and layer three of communication. Mm -hmm. Those still cause problems. Yeah. Here, like, for example, saying whatever comes through your mind, being yourself, not having any filter. How did you realize that this has to change? And it's really hard to change because it's part of you. It's mm -hmm. your habit. It's the way you are. How do you change that? Did the executive coaching help in any way or... Uh, what were the tools to at least try to mitigate that? I think for me, it just came through as always through mistakes. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one that I had, like, as I just didn't really vibe with him. Mm -hmm. It was assigned to me. And that's why the choosing of my next executive coach uh, has been a very different type of mm -hmm. process. It needs to be a person that 
has a certain type of experience and somebody who I truly respect. So for me, it's just been through a lot of mistakes. Like people say like, well, you said this. And I was like, what? And then, and then they clearly remember that I said something even though I didn't say something. But over the time, the, the understanding of something has transformed and they've kept that, that notion. And what puts even more challenge on it is that we have been working a lot remotely and we have been working from two different studios. So that's sort of a misinterpretation between when you're having Zoom calls or video calls or whatnot, that causes a lot of problems because it's not like contextual like this. So, so all of this has led to really being much more deliberate with the communication, which is just very difficult for me, for my persona. And, um, and it's, it's, to me, it's just kind of like finding a balance. Mm. So trying to find a balance and, and understanding that since 18, 19, so I was in, in, in the military, I understood that I can't keep up an appearance. I can't be a different person here and different person there. So it's more like, as you said, finding the layers who you can be most yourself. And then secondly, is just like, like finding that balance between like you're joking yourself, you know, you know what I mean? Like I can't cut it fully. So it has to be, <laughs> has to be at some extent. So, you know, I don't know how to, how to put it. It's just like, like accepting that that's it, that it, that, you know, you shouldn't expect me to be, you shouldn't expect me to be Sophie. Like that's yeah, it. No, and I, <laughs> like, I'm not a stoic yeah. leader. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's. Stoic leader. And what we discussed like a month ago when we were like uh, reestablishing our baseline as a management team and always of working. And I have that realization as well, joining a management mm -hmm. role because before as well, I was like, you know, studio lead, game lead, compartmentalize the communication. Mm -hmm. That's what we talked about, right? Because in our um, role, we have the right to want to be part of a team, be ourselves with a team. But I think here in the mindset is understanding who is our team. Mm -hmm. I thought the whole company was my team mm -hmm. or the game team is my team. It's not my team anymore. My team is the management yeah. team. So that was a kind of first finding. Identify who your team is and you can be more yourself with your core team. Mm -hmm. The second was, especially in the management role, to identify your different audience. I, I love it when thinking for me, I think in a structure where I need to make sense of ideas. And so I think of level one, level mm -hmm, two, level mm -hmm. three, they are not in the hierarchical order, but it helps you closest to you, right? Yeah. Imagine an onion, a core, and you have the layers. So your level one group is your team, your core team. Then you have level two who are sort of indirect contributors. You may have to work collaborators, you work yeah. with them. But you are not like really have no hierarchy and you have a very far level three, which like you have a zero relationship, but you still happen to be there. And so you may have different style of communication or level of information or part of being yourself, level one, level two, level three with a level one yes. or two level three audience. How does, when we talked about it, I remember we had our own, uh, yeah. FYI, we have our own coaching session with Mishka <laughs> regularly where yeah. we debrief those things. So here we share what we usually talk about uh, in the podcast. Yeah. How did that land on you when we talked about that at the time? And is it even realistic to expect of you, like kind of uh, trying to structure it? If it's a uh... yeah, it's it's quite easy to be honest. Like that's a that's a good formula to set. How would I put it? Like it it, it brings a lot of perspectives and understanding towards your past going through this because this gives a perspective of understanding your previous managers and kind of understanding why sometimes leadership is one of the most loneliest roles. I, I started thinking about like. Were people talking bad things about them? Yeah, 
in every single company. Mm -hmm. I mean, every single company. Yes. In the most successful ones, in the least successful ones, they they always had something to say. And so when you're experiencing the same thing where people kind of create images of you or, or try to paint you in a, in a wrong way, you're like, you know what? Even the best of them get this. So I'm complimented. Thank you. Like, like uh, This is at least what I can expect it. So I don't have this sort of a thing where I'm, of course, if somebody has a, like a totally wrong thing that kind of bothers them, whatever, then, then that is worth correcting in conversation. The funniest thing, one, one was that they believe that I, that I believe in aliens. That's, <laughs> that, I was like, what? We laughed about that. Because it was like one of the banter conversations yeah, yeah, on yeah. the, uh, like, because there's like news with aliens and this and that. And I was just, you know, <laughs> listening to Joe Rogan and we just like having, like, I don't think about aliens at all in my, <laughs> it was like one lunch conversation where I just had fun. But that one thing, I realized that the people have like maybe one conversation. Some people have one conversation with me a yeah, month yeah, ever, yeah. or three months, three months or in a half a year. And if that's the only conversation that they have with me, then I must be always talking about aliens. <laughs> no, I'm just doing that yeah. fun lunch. You know, I'm just like throwing banter. So, uh, so just kind of like understanding that and then like, should I control that? It's like, in the end, like, okay, so you believe, I believe in aliens. That's fine to me. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, like, <laughs> like, like, I really don't care to be mm -hmm. like, like, yeah. I'll be honest, like, I really do not care. <laughs> I think it's it's really important in a leadership role also understanding that you cannot control everything. And yes, it's important not to get like bad rumors to fester and things like that. But but you have to accept that some will and, and people will have different perceptions and so forth. But you just focus on your work. Your work is not uh, your public image management inside your own company. Mm. Your work is to push the vision and the, and the, the whole company towards its goal set by either your investors or your leadership team or, you know, usually the combination of all of that. And that is, you know, getting results is your goal. And, you know, just accept it. Like, mm -hmm. like you're not a friend of everybody anymore. You will also not be the sort of a celebrated hero of your company. That is no. something that see, like many people who start their the company, the CEOs, do not understand. Like, mm -hmm. They will not like your team will not be like our CEO is the best. Yeah. Like they will always like have something bad. Like the game director might be the best, the HR is the best, the office admin is the best, yeah. <laughs> but the CEO is dumb. Like that, <laughs> no, that's the dumbest person, in the room. and it doesn't matter. It's like and, and that's again in all the companies that I've been with mm. the most, you know, revered CEOs from yeah. the outside. From the inside, people are like, yeah, like this guy doesn't get it, or he's like this, or he's like that. Not all of them, but there's always these voices. So just accepting that, like that's the fact. And then just not, just laughing about it. Mm. It's true, like mm -hmm. by being the CEO, you are exposed, of course, in as a public image where people yeah. will um, judge you for the image you project. Yeah. Especially in the room and here, uh, uh, the four of us in the management team, we mm -hmm. are not here to for a popularity yeah. contest. That's something uh, often we remind each other about, like, It's not like we are here to be disliked, but uh, mm -hmm. we're not here to be like, that's not how we are measured, right? For me, it was one hard to accept because you are like when you are the game lead. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you, yeah. you, you're building with a team, you're doing like, it's a hard role, but it's, it's a cool role. Yeah, it's a cool And role. then you have like the villain figure, because I've been that person bitching on the yeah. seal, <laughs> like uh, you say, because you have the same villain, you can yeah. fight again. Yes. That's, uh, and, uh, But when you are suddenly part of the management team, I realized finding myself as well part of uh, that villain yeah. group. It's the easiest thing to blame. Yes. And so accepting that 
And uh, it comes back to as well, like, can you be yourself as the leader? It's like when you really know where your values are, mm -hmm. your integrity, your morality, and it doesn't have to be validated internally in the company. Mm -hmm. And you seem not to care anyway about that. Yeah. And this is really important because that's not what you are paid for. Yeah. To be validated by uh, who you are. Some decisions you will make when it comes to setting a clear direction, which will exclude, again, mm -hmm. people who thought it was... Because when it's a direction that is vague, everybody thinks, oh, this is the best company yeah. for me because everything fits. But when you converge, you commit, it means you start to exclude and it, it starts to uh, displace uh, mm -hmm. people. And that's part of the job. And it's the same when you have to structure a team, organize, reorganize. So that's something really important to accept when you accept a, a management position. Mm -hmm. It's again, like, I, I, I don't know how in practice that works, but it's, what is the consequence of a judgment the person can have about you? So if somebody thinks you as a CEO is dumb, it has really not really harm like in day to uh, day to day business because they have their own director, yeah. they know their goals and so on. If they believe, for example, based on the few anecdotal evidence that let's say the CEO is sexist or the CEO is racist, yeah. it's just an example. Yeah, yeah. This creates suddenly a reality for people to talk about it and create a very insecure culture where you have everybody of color in the company because it's not yeah, a racist yeah. company. Yeah, yeah. And then somebody would say, you know, by the way, we are here, several people of different culture, but it's racist. Yeah. This is where it creates this, this, this is where I see it's very harmful. And when you hear about those things, like suddenly, where is this coming from? And it's really hard to change. So I find the tricky part here to even understand the impact of what you share and how it could be twisted to mm -hmm. really some really dark realities. Like I'm giving an example. Yeah. Here, but yeah. yeah. I, again, it's like, yes, there are people who impact that, but it's not everybody. You know yes. what I mean? It's not everybody in the company whose opinion I care. It's actually a very small percentage. And the second thing that was the best advice that I got from military was uh, from the captain that I really uh, admired in the officer school. He said, if 80% of people like you and 20% think you're a piece of shit, you're doing great. Yes. And that is really important to understand. It's like you can't please everybody and you shouldn't. Like I'm still keeping that 20%. If it's over that, there's something miracle is happening. And he <laughs> gave like a very concrete example. You're buying this brand of beer to everybody and then the 20% will say like this motherfucker, like yeah, this yeah, is yeah. The, the worst beer you can drink and yeah, they, yeah. this guy Always. is a piece of shit. So I'm, I'm always like, okay, that, that must be a part of that 20% group. Mm -hmm. That's that's how I'm in. But also like going on, on, on like you said, like sexism or racism and that kind of stuff. Like, first of all, if you're not that case and, and you're, you're going to start like a, some kind of a campaign to prove something that is not true, that it's not true, it's like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Then you're making it true. I, I'd rather not even like maybe ha like have a conversation, but usually those type of things should be handled by the leads of those people yeah. to, to be like, they can raise it with their leads. It's like, is this the case in this company? Yeah. Is this it's, happening? It's true. And and if you are truly who you, like, if you're not a bad person, and you you have a good relationship with your leads, who have a good relationship with their leads, etc., they will say like, no, of course not. Just like with the uh, <laughs> with the craziest comments that you know the game director might have heard, and where he was like, just laughs at them. Like, yeah, what yeah. are you guys talking about? Yeah. Like the like, when did you even come up with this idea? So yeah, and then then things get dissolved because it's yeah. not true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The way you have the most correct picture is you have good relationship with your L1s, with your own team. Yes. And you have an existing relationship with L2s. So let's say you're part of the management team. Um, let's say you're head of technology mm -hmm. and you have a good relationship with your peers in your management team. And then the L2 for you might be 
the directors of technology in different game teams, as well as in the central tech services, and if you, and you have a good relationship with those, then the, uh, the level three would be individual programmers. You don't need to have the relationship with individual programmers because if they think something or if they have a, some kind of a picture, they will talk to their, their yes. directors, but you already have an existing relationship, good relationship with the directors that can correct and say like, well, no, and then, well, yes, and like, well, this is what he meant and so forth. So, so having, having those relationship and with, with the L1s and the L2s, I think is, is enough. I want to give an example back. If some of you are finding themselves in places where either you believe or you heard that someone thinks it's sexist or uh, racist, it's really important to look again at data and here that's why even if that was a rumor that was true, mm -hmm. I don't recall like there was really in those words, but I feel very confident that's not the case by the actions, everything we've done here. Yeah. And I have visibility on that, but sometimes people don't have visibility on the good actions because it's things in background, you know, like everybody enjoy the results of it, but they don't see the choice that led yeah. to the result. Yeah. And so it's not like about justifying or working, but it's always making sure, is this reflecting a reality? So our duty, our job is when we hear something, is that true or not, if it's not true, we don't have to correct it all the time in no. the true because we are doing the right thing. But if it's something a little true, this is our job to correct the action to yeah. make sure that we are not the company that we don't want to be. Yeah. So yeah. Again, it's a, it's as you said, like good aligned relationship with your L1s and L2s and mm. L1s especially, and then the L2 is like frequent, maybe monthly one-on-ones and that kind of stuff. Like make make them bought in for the strategy and and have um direct communication channel with them open if need be. I think that's an, that's an, that's an important. I also, at one point I was kind of, maybe I was reading the Netflix book or something else where I thought that I have to have like one-on-ones with everybody in the company. I think I'd done it like twice. And the main learning from that is, is like people don't tell me the truth. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I understood that, but if I just keep an open communication channel, then I also took a step back and thought about myself in the same situation. Even now, if my manager or my manager's manager, usually, like let's say my manager's manager, which is already pretty high up <laughs> inside PlayStation, would ask me something, that's not a quite easy question to answer. Yes. And would I bring something up to my manager's manager? Probably not, mm -hmm. because then I'm going over my manager and I don't want to do that unless it's very critical. Yeah. Like that is a big move already. So oftentimes I would be like, yeah, everything is fine. Or bring something like very small things up, but I wouldn't tell what really is the issue because that is between me and my manager and we might be working on it. And so it's my manager's role to bring that issue up mm -hmm. to, to that person. That's, that's how I kind of see it and reflected it. So I'm not mad at people not telling me because I'm not doing either. Mm. And then the question is like, do you want to have just a direct communication channel with everybody? That can be pretty good. People can raise up certain things. But now that I have kind of Sophia and other people, I'm like, well, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good point to revisit because yeah. um, I'm not sure if it's realistic to expect that to having, especially as you scale, right? And is that ne even necessary? Mm. The value I see of it is more for the person to have that moment, 30 minutes, mm. and if I need attention from you know, the highest person yeah. in the company, right? Yeah, so. I'll, I'll, I'll probably keep doing it. I think, I think it was Il Capanen who was doing yeah. it at Supercell. Yeah. I think he does once or twice a year mm -hmm. through the whole company. I don't know if he still does it because like, the company has grown quite a lot. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll report in a year how, like, <laughs> whether I think it's worth the time or not yeah. for the growing studio, but it's still under like a question mark for me. Is this a good time investment yeah. to have? 
A few last thoughts as we are like, we're still in work in progress yeah. with all of this thing. Always, but never yet, finished. With what we discussed, because also for a context, recently, a month ago, we sat down together mm -hmm. as the management team and we, we drafted, uh, coming from a book, some principles, uh, 15 commitments of conscious leadership. So we will follow up anyway, another episode of how yeah. we went through this whole journey. But committed to really put ourselves to the standards of leadership of the company mm -hmm. we want to be. And part of this journey, how do you feel yourself today, part of this journey, like in a complete, open, mm -hmm. genuine answer, <laughs> figuring it out? How do, like, how do I feel myself? Like a full, which journey? The, the old journey of games or the journey of savage? The journey of savage and uh, you uh, as Mishka, Mishka, like oh. wanting to be as, Mishka. As myself, I feel very fulfilled. Like this is this is so, so this is the word that I've used a lot because interviewing a lot of people, I, I I see a lot of people wanting to like we interview a lot of people. We're always in interviews, and I see a lot of people searching for happiness, mm. and I'm like, you're never gonna have a happiness from work. So I'll be honest, you happiness comes from you inside, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but what you can have in a job is fulfillment, and that's what we're here talking about. Like, is this a job that will give you the fulfillment that that you're finding? So. On my own perspective, it's again, like some of your stuff is like the why, like first understanding your why, that might take years. It honestly may take you years to understand what is your true why. And then making sure that your job fulfills that why. And once those things happen together, you're going to be in that job as long as it serves your why. And, and I feel very fulfilled in my role. My why has always been about learning and sharing learnings. And so I am learning and I am sharing learnings like, like this. <laughs> and I, and, and as I, you know, I told others, like every week I learn something new. I haven't updated on LinkedIn for a while. I'll start doing probably video updates because it's just easier than writing. <laughs> I'm just interested. I'm interested of the next stage. I'm interested of the next week. I'm interested in the next month. I'm interested in the next six months, next year. They're all interesting to me. So, so I'm, I'm like kind of like zooming out and looking at from from the far, listening a lot, a lot more than I was before, taking notes, learning, writing. So yeah, that's really great to hear. I didn't have the opportunity to yeah. hear it in those words, so I appreciate it, yeah. and everybody can witness <laughs> it as well. And one thing I have to say, like in being yourself, you do have great quality of, <laughs> of being Mishka. So yeah. I wanted to say it, uh, and just the challenges like being in the right role of being yourself, you know, with the audience. Yeah. It's just more calibration than yeah. are you the wrong person? It's yeah. more. You know, it's, it's like being the right self in yeah. a, the right setup. And it's, it's also important to see leaders that are more like you in terms like there are different leaders, like the, the very stoic ones, the other, we post about those, those like different <laughs> ones. And once you see a leader who you respect and who has the same qualities, like for me, it's like a very chatty, very extrovert leader with an analytical mindset and so forth. Like I really, I was like, oh, that's, that's like who I want to be. And I, and I love being with, with those type of leaders, learning from them and so forth. So kind of like understanding you can't be something you're not. Like mm -hmm. if you try to mimic yourself as, as some people do, like Elon Musk and that guy, like Steve Jobs, like what are you guys doing? Like yeah. you've never met those people. You know, like pick somebody who you actually see, who is close to you, who you can learn from. That's, that's the most powerful thing. So you have that north light. And then understand that you can't please everybody and that you always have to find fulfillment in your job and you have to, and that will be found when you understand your why. Like, why is mm. it that you're doing? Is it money? Is it status? Is it something else? Mm. And then work against that. Yeah. When I think of the leaders you want to be, 
I would definitely mm -hmm. say, yeah, you don't want to be someone else. And I think it was uh, where I read from Adam Grant. You're not competing with others. Mm -hmm. You're competing with yourself. You yeah. just want to be, yeah. uh, you know, an evolved version of yourself and yeah. today. So that's kind of a journey. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is. It was funny when we were talking about a certain thing, like back in the days, and that's where I used the why. I think it was last week when I said, I don't want to do this. Like, this is not me. Like, this sounds, this is only good for my ego. Uh -huh. and oh, yeah, everything yeah, else yeah. is not it. And that was yeah. like, it was a good self-realization for me as well. Is like knowing also when to say no to different opportunities yeah. by just understanding like, this is ego talk. This is not you. This yeah. is not every day. Like once you get there, you'll be actually miserable. Yes. And that's a great self-awareness to have uh, like as a leader. So Yeah. So now off to aliens. And, yes. uh, <laughs> Check uh, Mishka's uh, articles on yeah. aliens. Yeah. <laughs> because he has yeah. If you don't believe, you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank As always, like, share. Those are nice things for Sophie and her podcast, Rise and Play. If you haven't subscribed, please do now. If you haven't left a review, if you're on the Spotify, if you're on uh, an Apple podcast, there's the five-star thing. Just give Sophie all five stars, and uh, she'll be very happy for it. So thanks for Thank listening. You. Thank and you. Thank you, next one. Bye. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of the Rise and Play podcast. I am trying to grow a community of conscious leaders across the industry and beyond. So if you want to join this movement, please share the podcast with other conscious leaders because we have so much more we can learn from each other. Also, please don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss out on future content. Every episode is packed with actionable insights that will help you improve your leadership skills now. And if you are interested in learning more on the topics that we discussed today, you can find more insights on riseandplay.io and there you will also find my free masterclass on conscious leadership. So have a great week and until the next time, 